0: the finley toyota studio it's cofield and company all
1: right here we go on a tuesday it's cofield and company ari is back in the finley toyota studios willie ramirez the company will be by in just a little bit. Busy show today as uh, we actually lead into the debut of the Kevin Krueger radio show at 6 o'clock. UNLV basketball opens up tomorrow night. We've got a bunch of NFL talk coming up. More on the Raiders now that they've signed their wide receiver, Deshaun Jackson. So we'll check in with uh, Rob Motti who covers the Eagles, the NFL, for AP. And he'll give us a little more insight on the newest Raider, Deshaun Jackson.
0: It's trending at three presented by Nova home loans. Call now at eight, seven, seven, 700 Nova.
1: All right. As I mentioned, we've got running rebel basketball tomorrow night on ESPN, Las Vegas and the Kruger show airs tonight on ESPN, Las Vegas live from new Orleans. Very important. If you are planning on going to the rebels game, the rule is a little bit different. The setup is a little bit different when it comes to the vaccination status. We know, the Raiders, you got to be fully vaxxed. You can get a jab at the game and get in and then wear a mask, but there's no mask of the fully vaccinated. Let me see if I can get this all right. Um, it doesn't matter at the Golden Knights games, your vax status, but you are supposed to wear a mask unless you've got some food and drink in front of you. The UNLV football games, you don't need to be vaccinated, but you're supposed to be masked up. So, sort of similar, pretty much similar to the Golden Knights, and now the running Rebels at Thomas and Mack, the Thomas and Mack policy is fully vaccinated. So we will have some uh, giveaway tickets over at the Orleans tonight during the Kruger show, but keep in mind, you've got to be fully vaxxed. And that's going to be the case, I think, all season, unless something changes, um, there is going to be a process for uh, getting into the game. You can show your vax card, but they're also setting up another app. But It's not the clear app, but we sent out instructions or a link on ESPN Las Vegas, on Twitter. We'll try to get that out on as many platforms as possible. Uh, You can upload your VAX card to make it easier to access. They're running a Rebel game tomorrow, and then uh, it's a very busy week coming out of the gates for UNLV basketball as they play Wednesday, and then Saturday against Cal, and then Monday they're playing North Dakota State, so they've got three games in basically six days, but make sure that you can ease your way with the rules into the Thomas and Mac by checking out social media, ESPN, Las Vegas, Twitter, and find out about the, uh, the app where you can upload your, your Vax card. College basketball does start tonight. There's a bunch of games. So we'll maybe get into a little bit of that later on, but uh, we got the golden Knights going at it. The hated Kraken, Hated yet? No, eh, maybe. Um, I'm kind of rooting against them. Cause I want to see that the, uh, the Knights, that first season, you know, play out as an all timer and, All this bullcrap about the Knights being handed a roster because of the uh, easy rules with the expansion draft. So we'll see how the Kraken do. But the Kraken are in town, and the Knights have to take advantage of teams that they're better than and stack up wins until all these guys come back healthy, including Jack Eichel, who's scheduled for surgery at the uh, end of the week. But, you know, they're waiting on patches and Wild Bill and Mark Stone. Should be interesting night uh, tonight. We're going to have a Kraken expert on later on, and he can tell us about the Kraken struggles with the power play. This game tonight actually features the two worst power plays in the NHL. We know how bad Vegas has been. Um, and you almost wonder on both sides if you can take some more chances and get extra aggressive on defense and walk that line of going to the penalty box, knowing that the threat of the other team actually scoring on a power play right now is pretty freaking low so in the nfl we got this going on uh wide receivers available right we had two of them hit the market uh deshaun jackson is now a raider well i don't know what's going to happen with odell beckham i certainly didn't believe all the bluster over the weekend that there were going to be a bunch of teams interested in odell beckham from waivers so he went on waivers he's got you know a decent salary connected to him And no surprise because of the salary and his shenanigans and the drama he brings off the field. And frankly, the disruptive force he can be on the field because, man, Baker Mayfield looked like a different guy this last weekend. Addition by subtraction without Odell Beckham. I think there's a lot of teams around the league that are like, "Eh." do we want this guy around even for a minimal deal? Well, we're going to find out because he cleared waivers. No one, no one wanted Odell Beckham. So now he's free and clear. And then the, the, the hilarious thing is with Odell Beckham, a couple of things. One, there were reports out there that OBJ was prepared to cause issues if the wrong team claimed him off of waivers. Why would you put that out? How would that get out? God, some dudes never learn. And I just, I just love this notion that we saw these lists all over the weekend. I'm seeing another one now that he's cleared waivers. Oh, here's the top 10 teams, um, Packers and Seahawks among uh, 10 potential landing spots. Are they really potential landing spots? Or is this just someone looking to put together a list for clicks? In reality, how many teams are going to roll the dice on Odell Beckham, who doesn't play, When he does play, last 13 games, he's had 40 total catches. That's like, what, a fourth receiver? 40 total catches in 13 games with three touchdowns. And with that sort of production, then you're also going to get – by the way, anyone who wants to jump out and go, it's Baker Mayfield. He stinks. Um, Have you seen the comparison numbers with Baker Mayfield, with OBJ on the field and with him out of the lineup? I think it was something like, with him, 12 touchdowns and seven interceptions. This is Mayfield. His QBR was like 46. Without him, I think it was 22 touchdowns and four interceptions. And his QBR was 20 points higher at 64. So we're going to find out soon. One, if someone wants him if someone, wants him. if someone good wants him. If someone good wants to take the risk on a guy who, frankly, I don't think gets it. And, you know, this stuff that came down yesterday that he might be, might object. He might be a disruptive force if the wrong team takes him. Bro. Bro. You're in the position of weakness now. You are not in a position of strength. So we'll see if uh, there's any update on this before the end of the show at 6 o'clock with one Odell Beckham. Uh, Raiders did get Deshaun Jackson in the fold. It's going to be real cheap. Raiders are giving Jackson $1 million for the rest of the season. So worth the risk. Hey, if it doesn't work out or he whines at the beginning of you know this run with the Raiders, you know first three games, isn't being targeted, then I'm sure he can go bye-bye. So I think much less risky than Odo Beckham. So they got him in. Uh, and like I said, we're going to check in with a uh, Eagles expert, NFL expert from AP, Rob Motte, in just a little bit, and he'll give us some more insight, especially of uh, Jackson back in the day. Because you remember the Eagles stint ended – with deshaun jackson because there are rumors out there of connections to gangs so makes you a little nervous in vegas based on what we just saw with arnett acting like a fool on video waving around a gun and uh the raiders just had 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 enough and now jackson in the fold so hopefully uh deshaun jackson at 34 years old is growing up a little bit and is going to be involved in any nonsense and cause any trouble for the Raiders. who already have a couple of black eyes from a disastrous couple of weeks. So, Willie Ramirez is here. So, what's the vibe uh, with the Raiders and Deshaun Jackson as we start to look towards uh, sort of the second half through eight games?
2: It's funny that you say that as far as, you know, his background and his history and the rumors and the this and that because about an hour ago, I – was a guest on a podcast and they were asking me about Jack Eichel and there were some Buffalo people there and they're talking about how excited he was to come to Las Vegas because of the environment and the aura and the, the, just that it was going to be a different atmosphere and how pleasant it was going to be for him. Not just because of the Golden Knights locker room, but Las Vegas. So perhaps that the chemistry in that locker room that we've been speaking about all season long at the Raiders um, in terms of that, camaraderie and the brotherhood and and how the team has sort of bonded and come together um you know it i've kept an eye on deshaun jackson's social media his instagram the last couple of days his story has been you know he's a couple of subliminal messages um but you know he's posted you know him trying on his helmet he posted his new locker he's all settled in Screenshotted it. I tweeted some of those photos out. So he's – it. I mean, I can't tell you. I can't speak for him. We will meet with him tomorrow. He's scheduled to meet. He'll be on the podium. We got the the message today that he is one of the players who will speak. Wednesday is usually uh, Carr, Basaccia, and then select random players. Jackson will be on the podium, and then we send in our request for who else we want to talk to.
1: All right, on the way back, I I want to – Discuss maybe what the Raiders told Deshaun Jackson before they signed him, and we got to get to Monday Night Football. Last night it was another black eye for the league. The the stuff at the end of the game with the Bears getting a taunting penalty. How many times do we have to come on the show? It happened after Week One. I told you then. Stop! This is going to ruin the season. These guys are deciding who makes the playoffs and who doesn't. How do the Steelers get out of that with a freaking win? Thanks, Tone. Thanks, Tony Carrenti, the official.
0: Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at Three. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877 700 Nova.
1: It's pretty clear to everybody who saw it. I wasn't taunting. I've been doing the celebration my whole career, and it's just sad to see stuff like that happen in a close game like that. It's just rough, man. I don't, I don't want to say too much because y'all know how it is, but on my way to the sideline, I got hip checked by the ref. And it's pretty clear. I just think that that was incredibly inappropriate.
0: You're listening to Cofield & Company on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Yep, we've been screaming and yelling about these taunting penalties. We told you over the summer that it was a horrific idea. John Marrow was out there, the Giants owner, saying that uh, we – we're looking to rein things in a bit. And at the time we were like, who's weak? Cause it ain't the fans. Uh, how many of the coaches? Well, we found out later that actually there were a lot of coaches and some of the younger guys who thought that the taunting was out of control, but, but you know what the NFL owners and the NFL coaches in this case. And I, I can't believe I'm even going to say this, Willie, what the NFL coaches I think missed on is that giving more subjectivity to the officials, right. Giving them more opportunity to make judgment calls. Yeah. Is a, Big mistake. And I again I don't want to be an ageist, but I swear to God, every time I look on the field and there's some guy who you know looks 65, 70, this Carenti dude is 69 years old. I think there's a a generation gap. Um I don't think they know you know what taunting is. Um what someone that age is offended by. Because what they're trying to do is cut off any sort of brawls. I mean, Cassius Marsh, who you heard on the way back from the Bears. Did like some come some kind of karate kick, right? The flag wasn't for that. No, that that was okay. <laughs> he then took a couple of like struts towards the sideline in the middle of the field, the opposing sideline, and looked at the sideline. I mean, right. now we're going back to friggin'. Uh, now I'm blanking on who um, who is it. Uh, Crawford, remember remember Crawford in the NBA? Tim Duncan laughed on the bench, and he's like, "T."
2: Yeah.
1: You got a player laughing on the bench. Yeah, Joey. And we're going to, Joey Crawford. we're going to tee up Tim Duncan. That's where we're getting now. And then as Cassius Mars said, the other part of this is outrageous. Because there is no explanation that I will buy. Tony Carrenti, I think, was mad that a player was misbehaving in his eyes and intentionally goes and Hip bumps jump. the player. This is outrageous on so many fronts because – the Bears could have won that game. And uh, you know what? If you're listening to here, you're like, oh, who cares, man? In Vegas, what does it matter to us? The Raiders are going to be in competition with the Steelers for a playoff spot. That guy last night, in a way, handed a victory to the Steelers, saved them from a debilitating loss in the playoff race. That could cost the Raiders. Remember that down the road.
2: What happens if incidental, not even on purpose, a football player hip checks a referee. Oh. It's a penalty. Might get ejected. If it's deemed in, uh, intentional, you're getting ejected. You know, one of the promos that makes me laugh to this day that Ari cut was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, when I was giving them the grade for rowing on the boat, looking in the camera. Yeah, That's not taunting, right? You no. can, can show all these celebrations. When you race downfield to join, the quarterback can run down and do the leaping chest bump with the receiver. But when... Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10 11 guys join them in the end zone to celebrate in a visiting end zone and look in the 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 opposite team's camera or who was it that did the Lambo leap in the in the opposing stadium a couple weeks ago didn't somebody do that i can't remember didn't somebody jump in the stand that's not taunting there's no there's no defined line there there is absolutely like, hey, like, no they're, defined they're, line hey, you cannot a just
1: celebration but like within the game if there's not a score then there's going to be some old fart who's going to decide if he's offended or not. Right, right, but
2: the problem is is that they're deciding. It's it's all judgmental. It's never the same. They're not. They're, it's, no, nothing it's consistent. Not, it's nothing consistent whatsoever.
1: Aaron Rodgers scored a touchdown at the Bears. Goes over and, said, and it, I it seemed like it you. went on for 45 seconds. Yes. I own you. I own you. Belting and all this. But as we know, now on a couple of fronts, they ain't going to touch Aaron Rodgers. Well, you
2: know what? He's immunized from those calls.
1: <laughs> That's a good line. That's a good line. Dean Blandino was on the Rich Eisen show. Listen to him talk about uh, Car- the Correnti and what went on. And uh, he he wasn't behind this call. They're
0: reviewing. I know if I were there, I, I would have had a conversation with Tony last night. I wouldn't have waited till today. I would want to get his perspective on what happened. Certainly that call. On Marsh, you know, what did you see? Why did you call taunting? And then, and then ask, Hey, what happened there? It looked like you bumped him. Did you lose your balance? I mean, it's hard for me to sit here and say that I would imagine any world where Tony Correnti would do that intentionally, but you watch the video and you go, man, what the heck happened? So, you know, they're looking at all of it. They're reviewing the game like they normally do. And, and I would imagine they've had conversations with Tony and the rest of the crew just to kind of figure out what, you know, their
1: perspective. Yeah, he did it intentionally. Let's stop with that ruse that we don't know if he did it intentionally. He did it intentionally, which only adds insult to injury. After basically shifting the game, the Bears were going to get the ball back on a punt, and the Steelers were saved there. And then, you know, the way the end of the game played out, um, you know, it's a weird scenario because the Bears had struggled offensively all day long. In the hurry up, which, you know, I might suggest to Matt Nagy that kind of that. Frenzied hurry up atmosphere field seems to thrive in that and the defenses are on their heels because you know they're, they're he's running all over the place he can throw pretty well on the run um if fields were a little more experienced and Maggie was a little better at managing those situations yes. you know Big Ben by the numbers is still like you know now he's like the twenty fifth best quarterback in the league, but you give a quarterback like that the ball back with one forty six you're asking for it if all they need is a field goal. And you kind of wonder because the bears had so much trouble scoring. um, If they had a little more confidence, they really should have been draining the clock a little more and make sure when they did score, because they had a score touchdown and listen, it's not, you're not going to not throw it to the end zone for the, uh, the go ahead touchdown, but you wonder if they could have managed it better and drained a little more off the clock because uh, as it turned out, it was easy for big Ben to set up Boswell for the field goal.
2: Yeah. And we're, continually talking about coaching and, and clock management uh, we you know right here in Las Vegas with Basace and the Raiders and now last night same thing and, and like you said fields is definitely um he is you know feeding off of the that energy that late game energy and he's he's really growing up every single game you're seeing it you're seeing the mature uh, the maturity and the maturation in his game um and you know you have to look at the defensive side of it too. Like you said, against an experienced guy like like Roethlisberger, he's not going to. He's certainly not. Uh, I remember when, at the beginning of this this season, uh, we're, when, when they went from playing uh, Lamar Jackson to Roethlisberger, and they said, you know, well, we're not. We're certainly not playing Lamar Jackson again. So it's not like Roethlisberger's uh, a
1: mobile guy. He's not great anymore. Yeah. So, but in that, so, but in that two minute drill, he can you, still be a master still, and get the passes out to the yeah. sideline, and and he got it done. It just would have been light, light last night. If we could have seen both teams go at it without any 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 interference from Absolutely. the outside, that that marred, to me, it marred
0: the victory for the Steelers. Stick around. Cofield & Company returns in minutes in the Finley Toyota Studios. Now, back to Cofield & Company in the Finley Toyota Studio.
1: Cofield & Company here on a Tuesday. Got the AP writer Rob Motti, is on the horn with us. Is uh, we got a bunch of NFL stuff to get into, and I, I got to get your reaction to last night. Uh, I've been going crazy over this. Maybe it's low hanging fruit, but the taunting call against the Bears? Come on.
3: Yeah, and you know what? I spoke to the NFL and Troy Vincent a couple weeks ago about the emphasis on the taunting rule, and and when he spoke to me about it, the way they explained it, the input that they got, like this wasn't the NFL deciding, hey, we're going to emphasize this. He said it was a A bunch of uh, the the competition committee, so a lot of respected coaches on there from Andy Reid to Mike Tomlin to Ron Rivera to John Harbaugh. They have representatives from the NFLPA, and you saw a little bit of it. I don't know if you saw it yet. There's some back and forth today going on with uh, J.C. Treder saying, hey, there's only one person from the NFLPA on that competition committee, but they want to take away guys directing any kind of – not necessarily taunting. They call it taunting, but if if you're standing over there and you're flexing on top of another player, whatever you're doing directed towards another player, they want to take that away because they're afraid of the next, what happens after that. But then when you see something like last night, that to me is not necessarily what the rule was created for or the emphasis was all about. I, I thought that was a little out of hand, man.
1: And I, I thought one of the problems, I don't even know that Tony Carrente was in position to see what was being said, if that's the problem. So walking in the a menacing direction of a bench is a taunting call. And it, the other thing is, I, there's no way you'll convince me, Rob, that Tony Carrente didn't get that little hip check in there on purpose. I did like and immediately. I hear them start to defend him like, oh, he was because the motion of getting the flag. Like,
3: get out of here. He initiated contact with the player. Yeah, and I was watching that video over and over this morning, and I'm trying to determine like, what is his intent? What is he doing? Is he reaching for the fly? Is that, is he reaching for it? Did he try and initiate that contact? He said afterwards, uh, and when he was that, it had nothing to do with the hip check, it had nothing to do with the bump. But that really, to me, looks like something, Steve. Where you you got to sit him down, you got to talk to him, and and maybe there's repercussions after this because it looks bad. It looks bad for the NFL right now because everybody's talking about it. And and here's the one thing though: everybody's talking about this instead of Aaron Rodgers, instead of vaccinations, <laughs> in, instead of any of the other stuff. Uh, Daniel Snyder investigation, John Gruden. So they would rather have this than the, the worse. Uh, a Henry Rugg situation, which was tragic. If, if people are talking about taunting for the NFL, it's the lesser of all the evils.
1: Do you think the league is still behind this call? Do they worry about the objectivity, the application when it comes to the end of the season and playoff spots are really on the line at that point, And especially in the playoffs, this could blow up in their face big time if there's a real error in judgment by an official.
3: When I spoke to Troy Vincent, it was three weeks ago. It was after the Thursday night football game, the Eagles against the Buccaneers, and there was a a terrible call. It wasn't a terrible call. It was within the rules, but it was a a terrible uh, play by an Eagles player to taunt in a situation where uh, they needed to get the ball back. And I spoke to him the next day about it. He ran down for me the number uh, of of these calls that were made, and he said, we are exactly where we want to be. No – no – at all plan whatsoever to scale back, to change it, to do anything different. That's this was weird. three weeks ago. Yeah. I don't know if after all the criticism last night, if, if it may change, but knowing Troy, I don't think so.
1: I cover a lot of college football, and it got out of control in college football. And I actually think college football has kind of cleaned it up. And, you know, the guys are allowed to show some emotion. There might be a little bit of celebrating, but you don't see flags like you used to. It's it's kind of crazy. All right, moving on in the NFL. Rob Mott, with us, AP writer, covers the NFL, was uh, for a long time around the Eagles. So I want your t- take on this topic. So Deshaun Jackson is coming to Vegas. I, I get it. Ruggs is out. Deshaun Jackson, you know, ripped the top off the defense. Um, you give me your take on Deshaun Jackson on the signing with the Raiders. <laughs>
3: Well, Deshaun Jackson spent the last two years in Philly before he went to the Rams this year, mostly on the sideline, injured, and, and didn't play. And, and that's been the thing with Deshaun throughout his whole career. When healthy, if healthy, big if, if healthy, yes, he can stretch the defense. He can take the top off. He, he's got more deep balls than anyone in the NFL since 2000. And, and even this year, at 34 years old, he had a 68-yard catch against Seattle. He had a 75-yard touchdown against the Buccaneers. Those were his two big plays. But for him to stay healthy, stay on the field, that's been problematic throughout most of his Eagles career, and, and he's done a better job in, in other places. I, I don't know what, and the Rams had other options. It, on paper, it looks like a good move for the Raiders because you lose Henry Ruggs, you need to bring somebody in there, and Derek Carr this year is throwing a ball, what is it, 23, more, 23 passes completed, more than 20 yards downfield. So they need somebody like that. If if he can stay if he can avoid groin injuries and hamstring injuries, I think he could be an effective. He he's good to stress the defense. He can make one or two big plays again. Sometimes that one play, if it's a 75-yarder, if it's a 65-yarder, it's going to win the game for you. So uh, I don't think it's a bad move for the Raiders for where they are and what they need at this point of the season at 5-3. and three.
1: So I've got a few concerns. Uh, first of all, you got a locker room that's kind of reeling and, and very on edge here with all the stuff that's happened recently with Ruggs and Arnett. Um, I'm a little concerned about, you know, on the front end, how it just ended in Ramsland where Deshaun Jackson – appears to be unhappy because he wasn't getting the ball. What if he doesn't get the ball in the first three games? He doesn't get eight targets a game. Is he going to whine, you know, early on here with the Raiders?
3: That's a great, that's a great question. And, and we saw in, uh, in Philly, I'll, I'll tell you this, his first game back two years ago, he had two 50 plus yard touchdown catches uh, in in week one. And uh, in that game, I believe it was Alshon Jeffrey or someone else didn't get any targets. And, and he, after the game volunteered that he's taking on the role of being the guy to tell these to tell his other vet hey ball's got to be spread around it can not it might be me this week it might be you next week this was deshaun volunteering after week 1 that hey it, it, in a game that he had 6 catches for 100 plus yards and 250 yard touchdown passes and, and then not only he gets injured, he don't play much now his first season with the Rams. He's the guy who's complaining about it. So uh, I think that's just part of, Steve, it's just part of the makeup of a diva wide receiver. If they don't get the ball, they're, they're going to they're gonna throw their hands up if they're wide open. They're going to show up their quarterback sometimes. But I, I think you can keep that under control um, if you just target him once. That's all. Target him once deep. He'll be happy. Next
1: concern, we just had the Raiders cut Damon Arnett for – acting like an idiot on video waving a gun around threatening people. Uh, what was going on back in 2014 with Deshaun Jackson in Philly and he was released and there were rumors of gang ties going back to his days in California and Crips and this and I like was that real? Is he just is you know is he just kind of a, a guy who wants to pretend to be part of that?
3: <laughs> that, that was greatly exaggerated, I believe, Steve. I, I thought that was unfair to Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I, I would have put to, to me, knowing who he was, having covered his entire career to that point, yeah, he had relationships with, with people that maybe may have led you to think things like that, but uh, I, I, it was irresponsible. I thought it was irresponsible and unfair criticism to uh, lump him in. And here we are. This is six, seven years later, right now, and we haven't had Deshaun Jackson hasn't had off-field incidents. He hasn't had anything. He made a comment a couple years ago that he was criticized for, and it it was. uh, But nothing to that extent. Nothing to that. So I, I don't believe Deshaun Jackson is problematic in that way.
1: Okay. Now you mentioned the comment. We do have to bring it up. The Raiders just went through the deal with John Gruden, who hit everybody, right? I mean, he got everybody. He got women. He got African-Americans. He got uh, homosexuals. Um, I didn't see anything anti-Semitic. I did see that two years ago from Deshaun Jackson. So maybe it was a lapse in judgment. Maybe he's a dope. But that's another thing. Like, he's being brought into a Raiders situation where, bro, if you're going to go on social media and start throwing out, you know, stupid stuff, anti-Semitic, that ain't going to fly in Vegas either.
3: No, and, and I think he learned from that. I think it was more uh, ignorance on his part. He just wasn't aware uh, of, of what he was saying at that point in time. And and he went through – in Philly, he went through a, a lot of off the field uh, through that and training and, and understanding and counseling and talking to and, – and the Eagles owner, Jeffrey Lurie, general manager, uh, Howie Roseman. They, they were okay with – after the conversations with him about that, and I think he's come a long way in his understanding – um, and his knowledge and, and he's no longer ignorant to some of those things that are going to be portrayed or are going to come b- be clearly. But, hey, like, like you said, this is something that the Raiders have gone through now with John Gruden. So it, it is a concern. It needed to be discussed and talked about and addressed. And I, I would imagine they
1: did that. Rob AP, covers the NFL, longtime writer around. The Eagles, he's actually vacationing in uh, South Jersey right now. Very nice to join us, so I totally appreciate that. So I'm sure, you know, just down the road from Philly, did you get wind of what happened? I think it was yesterday with uh, the uh, eagle story and a sideline reporter, and I guess did Merrill Reese call in the local radio, like all pissed off? Did you see this? I guess, I guess <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Reese I called the, in.
3: I, co- I covered the game Sunday. Okay, okay. And, and did not and didn't see. Uh, I called the game. Uh, I covered the game Sunday. Did not see the flowers being thrown at Nick Sirianni until the video because we, we were in a news conference afterwards. Nobody had seen that. So uh, the the flowers being thrown at him. Then there was the criticism. Then there's uh, Merrill Reese. Ironically, by the way, Steve. The same reporter who um, wrote that Deshaun Jackson gang story is the guy that angered Merrill Reese to call in to WIP (laughs) to talk about that. That was that was the same guy, Elliot. So uh, it's Merrill's man. He's very defensive of uh, of Jalen, extremely defensive. I I did hear him. So I'm gonna think uh, it was a game earlier in the season. I thought Merrill took a a, a shot at uh, Carson too. Jalen threw a pass uh, that was caught for a touchdown by either Jalen Rieger. Yeah, Jalen Rieger, who had stepped out of bounds. And and Jalen Rieger had struggled last year as a rookie. And you hear Merrill on the radio say, well, maybe he just needed a quarterback to put him in position to make the play. (laughs) And I was like, wow, that's uncharacteristic. I don't know if it's all these years later and he's yeah. starting to take shots at, at different people, but good for him.
1: That's Philly. That's Philly. Good good for Merrill. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, You don't no. have to be objective all the time. All right. Uh, a couple of big stories to close out here with Ramadi. Um, What are you hearing uh, from the league, from the important people around the NFL about Aaron Rodgers and what appeared to be a lie? And then I think he's taken a stance, kind of an anti-masking, anti-distancing. This thing is kind of bizarre that we, you know, all the Joe Rogan memes now. This is crazy.
3: Mm-hmm. It it is, Steve, and I think it's gotten out of control. And um, man, we 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 can go down a road of I don't know how we got to this point in in this world where you no longer can can express an opinion and everybody's going to come after you. So w- whether you stand with Aaron Rodgers or stand against him, that's his belief. That's what he wanted to do for himself. And uh, I'm not I have never criticized anybody publicly or, or privately for their stance or their belief when it comes to a situation like taking the vaccine or not taking the vaccine. And, and that's what you want to do. You, you have reasons for it. Hey, he laid them out there for everybody. When it comes now to the NFL and what they're going to do uh, from a suspension standpoint, I don't believe it's going to reach that point because the Packers were aware uh, he followed all the protocols except for wearing the mask, right? When he's in a news conference with um, other reporters, which is basically, what he said was, "Hey, I've taken, I've been tested every day, so I'm not afraid, and I, I've, I've been tested this more. So I understand his point of view for why he, he doesn't want to sit there. Like I, I'm sitting there in these news conferences, we're all vaccinated, that's why we're in there, and we're still wearing a mask. So um, I, I believe that there may be a fine, but the NFL wants to put it." on the Green Bay Packers to do something about it because this is uh, each team should police all of these uh, and discipline on their own. However, the Packers, and given their situation and the strained relationship with Aaron Rodgers and wanting to keep him after this season, everything that they went through and how tumultuous the off season was, they knew I, I, how are you going to come down on Aaron Rodgers now and, and find him or do anything else? So this might be where the NFL has to step in and issue whatever, discipline at once could they maybe discipline the Packers they did last year right with the Raiders they docked them a a draft pick so could they could they do that it's probably going to come down to that because I can't see the Packers doing anything on their own
1: yeah I'm glad you brought the Raiders because Mark Davis I think already believes that uh, the NFL has kind of cheated him in some ways and been against him and uh, if the Packers come away unscathed with almost no fine it's like uh, the Raiders paid over 1.2 million last year and uh, and lost that draft pick all right So, very important. I want to mention your show, Faith on the Field. Rob, tell the uh, Las Vegas audience who haven't heard it over on Fox Sports Las Vegas about the show, and you're on a a bunch of different stations around the country.
3: Yeah, I appreciate that, man. So, it's it's a show I started five years ago. Uh, almost five years ago now, Faith on the Field, and and each week, uh, my wife is my co-host, and, and we bring on a different athlete from. It's mainly now; it's been it's NFL season. I'm always having a football player, a former guy, a former player on. I had Hall of Famer Ed Reed on recently, De- Demarcus Ware last week, Matt Burke coming up this week, and we just talk about the the impact of, of their faith and their journey with the Lord on their life uh, in the NFL and in their life off the field. And it, it's a it's a 30 minute program that that we have on. It's it's unique. It's different. Uh, as you said, we're on several radio stations across. Across the country and I would just invite people who are sports fans to want to listen to it and and maybe it can impact you in ways beyond uh just being a sports fan and maybe you can have make a difference uh, your life down the road and and that's what we're all about
1: so I think you can have an impact on Vegas right now um let's talk about (laughs) well forgiveness and dealing with anger because I got to tell you the Henry Ruggs thing there's a lot of people in the market who are angry I do sports radio you know five days a week really seven days a week um, and frankly, last week was really tough. Like, I had to hold back some of the things I was feeling. I, I didn't want to have early emotions go out on the air and just say, you know, F Henry Ruggs. But this is tough. Like, for, for a lot of us, this area of Vegas where that crash happened. Like, I live in that area. I just took that route back home last night. I took it back home uh, the previous Monday, about three hours before the Henry Ruggs crash, Rainbow and and Tropicana. And actually, as it turns out, I didn't even realize this. Henry Ruggs lives like two and a half miles from my house. So I've got my girlfriend driving in the same area. You know, he's got this Corvette. Who knows how many times he was driving like this. So how do we cope with this, Rob? Because like a lot of us, you know, we lost a local, Tina Tintor. We got the NFL coming in here. And, you know, players are acting like idiots, some of them. Um, there's a lot of anger right now in Vegas.
3: Steven, it is a great question. And, you, you know, I heard both sides. Uh, uh, for example, Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts both played with Henry Ruggs, teammates of Henry Ruggs, at Alabama before Jalen transferred to Oklahoma. And, and they were very emotional speaking after the game about it. And I wrote about that. I wrote about their relationship with Henry Ruggs and, and how they felt for him. But at the same time, They they express their sympathy for the loss of life. And first and foremost, we we can't forget the loss of life, and that's horrible. It's tragic. At at the same time, this is a young man who made a terrible decision. He made a stupid decision, and it's a regrettable one that he's going to live with for the rest of his life. He's going to probably end up in prison for a significant amount of time, and he will never live that down. We all, from a human standpoint, this is how I look at it. We've all made stupid mistakes. We've all done dumb things, right? And maybe when we were in and I know in my 20s, I may have done something that idiotic. I don't think I ever drove 156 miles an hour. I'm kind of scared to, to go that crazy. But it, we didn't kill someone or we didn't get in that accident, he did. He's going to live with that. And, and, and that to me is is painful for this man. And he's going to have to understand that. And I thought what Derek Carr said last week was poignant that he needs people to love on him. So you can condemn the action. You can condemn the sin. You can come down hard on that and say, this is terrible. This shouldn't happen. Don't drive drunk. Don't drive 156 miles an hour. Don't be irresponsible. Learn from this at the same time, feel compassion for your fellow man.
1: One last thing. What's your opinion on the NFL and the teams policing some of their troubled players a little more closely. And at Vegas, we take this very personally because we were pitched for the longest time that we weren't worthy. Uh, we were the worry point for pro sports coming here, and we haven't really had issues with the Vegas Golden Knights. We've had now three car accidents with Raiders. We just had. The Damon Arnett thing go down where he's waving a gun, threatening people. Mike Mayock came out yesterday and said, oh, we knew there were issues, but we thought, you know, we could handle this. Like as a community, a lot of Vegas is like, wait, you knew there were issues? You're bringing in guys like this. And the other thing we've heard is that um, Arnett had multiple problems with the Raiders. Ruggs would drive like a lunatic around the practice facility. The team knew about it. Like, can you help us out here? The the people on the ground in
3: Vegas are kind of scared, Rob. Steve, that's a great point in policing your own and being able to bring in, whether it's mentors, whether it's counselors, whatever you can do, I think it's incumbent upon these teams to do that. And and, and the NFL has all these uh, different protocols and and they have all these different measures and they have all these different means and resources to help players and and allow them to to grow, to learn, whatever they're going through. If they need help, seek that help. But I I think that – on a one-to-one basis other teammates if they see it need to call it out and, and bring it to someone's attention if other teammates can can step in the veteran leaders the guys who were respected in the locker room i think that's where it starts because a guy like henry ruggs if he's doing that uh, in, in a practice facility or around the and people are aware of it Someone's got to bring that to his attention, and you cannot be afraid to call him out for it and say, hey, man, let's sit down. You, we, we got to get ahead of this before something terrible happens, uh, and, and, and that's where you need strong leadership, and this is a team that's gone through a very difficult period with the whole Gruden situation, and, and I don't know how that impacted it, and I don't know how that may have may, maybe it uh, dissuaded somebody from wanting to go and say, hey, Henry, what's going on, man? Mm, hey, hey, Damon, what's happening here? Uh, maybe they felt like they got bigger issues, Right now, as a team to deal with, but uh, I, I think that's something that's got to start within within that locker room. And, and every team's got different different people set up. They they uh, they have guys there. They have them in place. Use them. They got to use them.
1: Rob, much appreciated. Thank you so much. Great spot. Appreciate it, Steve. Thank you, buddy. NFL writer with the Associated Press, Rob Mati. On with Cofield and Company. His spot today is brought to you by Nova Home Loans. Best combination of service and rates and low fees. Call today to talk to your Nova loan officer. Guys like Dustin DeHart. And then you can get in on those record low interest rates before they go up. Property values have gone up 20% year over year, but so have rental rates. Quit paying your landlord these record high rental rates, and purchase your dream home today. November, December, a great time of year to get out there and buy a home if you're a veteran or active duty military. Nova Home Loans will hook you up with a VA loan with no lender fees. That's $1,300 in savings, but you got to call 577-2600, 577-2600, Dustin DeHart and Nova
3: Home Loans.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.
3: Yeah, it's awesome. You know, he's our leader, he's our guy. So any anytime he comes back from injury and you know that long, it's always nice to see and kind of gives you a little a little extra jump on the ice and a little more excitement.
0: Now back to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Golden Knights are talking about the eventual return of Mark Stone. So what's going on with Stone? Stone made a surprise
2: appearance today at the Golden Knights morning skate. Um, he opened the doors in the corner of the team's practice rink and just sort of popped on, joined his teammates. So um, I'm sure they were happy to see that. Pete DeBoer said that he is not close to playing yet, but it's a great foot uh, first step.
1: Is he day-to-day, month-to-month?
2: Yeah, it's probably week week. day-to-day, week-to-week. He's on the horizon. So <laughs> is the mystery. All the cliches. But it is a good sign that he is on the ice, the fact that he can move and he's mobile and he's out there working out. And, you know, I will say that in the first four and a half years here, that they, they, the one thing the players have always said is the training staff, the conditioning, the facilities – um, that You know, the, the athletic trainers, what they have in place has really, they felt, has been an integral part of their expediting their recovery outside of, you know, broken bones you have to wait, obviously. But whatever it may be, strain, sprains, twists, whatever. Um, so they have the right staff in place. And, you know, in due time, he'll come. He'll be back on the ice tonight. They got the Kraken.
1: You know they're barely a favorite against Seattle. Seattle's four seven to one. The Knights are six and six. Knights are minus one fifteen. And by the way, the Kraken are a mirror image on the power play. I, you know, I talked about it at the beginning of this hour. They're both not good. They sure. are both not good against when they get the power play. They're not good.
2: Well, go. You know, they're the the odds makers are. I think that they're maybe sucking some some action in a little bit, but. Uh... Could be a fair number just based on the production that you're seeing right now with the Golden Knights. They're hit or miss. They're coming off a road trip, right? Two and two. They got the four points that we had both said that would be a successful road trip. Cracking um, have had a couple of weeks to, to build that chemistry, and they're back out on the road. This is where they first played. So um, I don't know if they're better than the Golden Knights, even at even shorthanded as Vegas is. Um I, I would definitely make Vegas favorite if I was going to make the line. I might make it a slight,
1: slightly more, maybe a buck thirty. It's now minus one twenty five over at William Hill. Okay, Night's favorite. There you go. Uh, let's do some qualifiers here for some cool prizes. Uh, actually, you get the prizes. Three six four eleven hundred. Three six four one one zero zero. We got the uh, great Crazy Horse three after party. This follows Raiders home games. KC's in town to take on Las Vegas. We've got a table for four, and you get treated to a bucket. Craig Salerno's hosting the party four to seven on Sunday. Fox Sports Radio Las Vegas is in charge of the party, but it's a crazy horse three. It's the closest place to party right after the games, across from the stadium. It's right there on Russell, across from the Al, uh, You got hundreds of dancers hanging out throughout the evening. It's an awesome time. I've been out there following some of these games. The Eagles fans turned out. Uh, th- there's going to be a lot of Chiefs fans in town, so Eagles fans are freaking crazy if you're going to the game it's free admission uh, with a ticket uh, from the game they're gonna have the kitchen open they always do uh, you got the sunrise burger the awesome uh, seasoned wings the pizza is excellent crispy chicken sandwich and again it's free to get in but what we're doing right now is we're hooking you up free admission for four uh you get a table and you get treated to a bucket call our six and seven talk to ari he'll get you all set 364-10-364-1100 one, one, zero, zero. after the chiefs
3: lose
1: against your hometown Las Vegas team. Get over to Crazy Horse 3 for the best after party in town.
0: Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota.